Welcome to Public Health Out Loud, Public Health for the Public. My name is Dr. Philip Chan from the Rhode Island Department of Health. Today, we are going to talk about acupuncture. Our guest today is a licensed acupuncturist who's been practicing here in Rhode Island since 1999. She's the founder of Providence Community Acupuncture. Their mission is to provide affordable, quality acupuncture for the Rhode Island community and to increase access for people of all means and backgrounds. Chris Montero, thank you for joining us and welcome. Hi, Dr. Chan, and thank you for having me. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. My name is Chris Montero, and I am a licensed doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine here in Rhode Island. I, as you mentioned, run a clinic called Providence Community Acupuncture, which I'll talk a little bit more about, but I'll just give you a little background on my training and whatnot. I was trained in acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine back in the late 90s in Northern California. And then I moved back east to be closer to my family in 1999. And when I first got back here, I opened a, a private one-on-one -on -one kind of practice, which I did for almost seven years. I was self-employed and then I worked for another practitioner part-time. Then I made a sort of a big shift in how I practiced about 15, 16 years ago. And I started practicing something called community acupuncture. And as a community acupuncturist, my work has centered around creating access to acupuncture as well as providing acupuncture treatments. And I started out practicing in the way that I did because that was what my acupuncture school had instructed me on, you know, this one-on-one -on -one private room model, which was really based on like the idea of high cost, low volume practice. And, you know, they urged us to try insurance billing, which I tried. And honestly, it ended up being a big headache. And eventually I changed to this thing called community acupuncture. I heard about some other people doing this, this low cost, high volume model. And it made sense from just a lot of vantage points, including just even simply marketing. If you are charging less, there's a wider range of people who can afford your services and you're gonna have more potential people who can come and see you. But it also brought with it a lot of other possibilities that working solo didn't bring. For example, if you're in solo practice and you get sick or you wanna take time off, then your patients have a harder time you know, keeping up with their regular care. But with a high volume, low cost community acupuncture model, you are able to scale things up in a way where you can offer more days of the week, more hours. You know, mm -hmm. people who are working during the day can come in the evening or on the weekend. You can work with other acupuncturists um, and you can create chances to collaborate with them and support one another in providing care. And, and that overall brings more stability for the practice and, you know, also for patients. Well, I like the sound of that, you know, community acupuncture. I mean, so much of public health I found is really community, uh, getting engaged with the community. So I certainly like the sound of that. I'm going to admit, I don't know a lot about acupuncture. I've never done it. Uh, I've never been to see anyone. Uh, just to build off what you said before we get into acupuncture, what is the typical training for someone who does acupuncture? You mentioned one sort of training that you'd been through, but what's, what's it like for some, what's a typical training for someone who does acupuncture? Well, right now, acupuncture school is typically a 36-month program. So it's like a, a four-academic-year master's degree, which honestly I think is probably a little overblown. But that's a kind of a no whole other can of worms around accessibility, higher education. <laughs> so maybe we won't get into that today. So let's start with the let's start with the basics here. So talk to us if you were explaining to someone for the first time what is acupuncture. How does it work? What is it based on? Give us the basics here. 
Okay. So, you know, if you look up in the dictionary, what is acupuncture? I'm going to read you dictionary definition. So it's a form of complementary medicine that involves pricking the skin or tissues with needles used to alleviate pain and to treat various physical, mental, and emotional conditions. Originating in ancient China, acupuncture is now widely practiced in the West. That's, that's a pretty good definition. Sometimes we use the word acupuncture interchangeably with maybe something that might be called traditional Chinese medicine, which also includes Chinese herbal medicine and uh, movement practices, energy movement practices like Tai Chi or Qigong, which I think probably a lot of people have heard of at least. And then there's also these adjunct therapies, things like cupping or gua sha, which is all over the internet these days for facial facials and whatnot. So yeah, uh, acupuncture is basically uh, the way it works. Well, the way it works, honestly, no one really knows yet. But a good way to describe, the way I describe it a lot of times to people is when there's energy in the body that helps support our physiological functions. You know, it moves blood, it helps us to breathe. This, there's this, this concept of chi or this kind of vital energy in the body. And basically acupuncture helps the chi to move freely in your body. And when, when your body's energy is not moving well, it results in pain and it results in like disease, the disease process. And so acupuncture in a nutshell helps the chi to move, helps the energy to move so that your body can do what it's designed to do. So, you know, as someone that has trained in American medicine, you know, I do like to myself, of course, focus on evidence and the science. And I, I want to appreciate your point though. There may not, we may not know exactly yet how it works, but I think importantly, there's some evidence behind acupuncture. It's been studied rigorously uh, and there is some science behind it. Can you tell us a little bit about the science and what the evidence shows? So there's two things I think we're talking about here. One is kind of like, how does it work? You know, how can we measure how it is? Like you stick an acupuncture needle in the body and what happens? And so there is definitely a lot of science about that. And a colleague of mine actually recently did a really great podcast kind of going over some of the the physiological things that have been measured, like acupuncture can reduce inflammatory response in the body. They can measure that. It helps to regulate the central nervous system, get people out of fight or flight. It can increase endorphins or the body's natural painkillers. And it can help to modulate your brain waves. It can help to modulate your, um, your endocrine system in sort of, you know, measurable, but, but subtle ways. Um, so that's, you know, there's a lot, there's, there's needles that, you know, were put in points that are traditionally for eye, eye problems, points in the feet that actually increase blood flow in the area of the eye, or there's, you know, a point in the leg that's used a lot for digestive problems that actually increases blood flow to the arteries near the intestines. In terms of like the gold standard, you know, random control placebo double blind study, which is like the gold standard of research. It's a lot harder to actually do research on acupuncture because, well, for one, you know, if you're doing, uh, say, a study where some people get acupuncture, some people don't get acupuncture, and some people get fake acupuncture or so-called fake acupuncture, the fake acupuncture is in some ways still really kind of like getting acupuncture. And, and studies that have been done with this kind of sham acupuncture will still show some, some benefit to the people getting the sham acupuncture, like a, a toothpick, you know, instead of an acupuncture needle, 
pricking the skin, like they'll they'll tap a, a toothpick and, and the person receiving the fake acupuncture doesn't necessarily know they're not getting acupuncture. So that that's a little bit tricky. And I think, you know, rather than trying to, you know, to fit acupuncture into this framework of, of that kind of research, the quantitative research, I think if we look at qualitative research where, you know, how do people who receive acupuncture feel about it and things that they report. There was a study of cancer patients who were offered, you know, acupuncture. And I I found this study to be interesting because what they offered them was group acupuncture or individual acupuncture. And community acupuncture is group acupuncture. And, And then, of course, there was the group that didn't get any acupuncture. But the people who were treated in the group settings also reported um, more relief from pain. They reported sleeping better, and they also report feeling more socially content, which I think is a measure of healthcare that you know is often overlooked. Preparing for this podcast too, you know, in, for this episode, I was reading about some of the evidence behind acupuncture, and you know, there's this Cochrane uh, review, and so Cochrane is sort of one of the standards in the field of medicine. They tend to review all the data published in 2020. And it did show that acupuncture, you know, it had conflicting findings, but it did show that there was some effective acupuncture uh, compared to no treatment in improving pain and function, at least in the intermediate term. So I do think that some of this is evidence-based and certainly in my own practice as a primary care physician, you know, I do refer people out to acupuncture, certainly people with chronic pain, certainly people that have tried a number of other things and uh, are looking for some alternative uh, approaches to manage uh, both pain as well as to improve their function. I've definitely referred some patients out. And some of my patients have had good experiences and been able to get back to a better quality of life. So this is something I think at least clinically, uh, and as a physician, it's something that I do recommend to patients uh, from time to time, certainly as the situation dictates. Talk to us about the different types of acupuncture. Is all types of acupuncture the same or how should we think about it? No, not they're not all the same. So acupuncture comes from Asia. And so there are a variety of different places in Asia where, you know, acupuncture has been practiced. It's been practiced in China, Japan, Korea, Vietnam for really thousands of years. And so there's a lot of different lines of schools of thought and techniques and kinds of practices. But in terms of, you know, say here in Rhode Island, what kind of acupuncture is available? It could break it down in a couple of different ways. Uh, I mean, I think one of the more basic ways to break it down is there's private room acupuncture and there's community acupuncture. There's also now a lot more ear acupuncture happening since recently some changes in the the law happened where now some non-acupuncturists, social workers, mental health counselors, drug and alcohol counselors, nurses, peer recovery specialists are all now permitted to use a specific five needle protocol in the ear once they receive a training and uh, a specific type of training. And that this protocol is really useful for a lot of different things, including chronic pain, toxic stress, trauma. It helps people who are actively detoxing. It helps support people in recovery. It helps to just calm people down and relax them. And really, you know, I'm sure you would agree that we see so many people who have all kinds of different conditions that are made worse by pain. So if you can, if you can just kind of take the edges off of some pain or, you know, just kind of round the edges on the the stress and anxiety that helps to reduce people's symptoms and, and they feel better and they function better. 
So in, in building off that, so if someone is maybe suffering from addiction, you mentioned sort of maybe depression, anxiety, when should someone consider acupuncture? What are, what in your opinion are the best uses for acupuncture in terms of conditions or things that people are experiencing? Well, acupuncture is great at a lot of chronic low level things that people deal with. You know, Western medicine is really good at the acute. And so, you know, if someone had a broken bone or a raging infection, they should go get Western medicine. But, you know, for the recovery of, of things or, or chronic things that are just, you know, people are trying to manage them, but they don't want to take a lot of pharmaceuticals. They don't want to necessarily take a lot of painkillers if they don't have to. And um, so, you know, pain is probably the number one thing we see. Joint pain, uh, tendonitis, you know, pain from overuse, from your sitting in, in a chair at your job or from doing a repetitive motion in your job. Um, we also see a lot of things like sleep issues, digestive issues, asthma, allergies. Um, yeah, uh, people come to help regulate their menstrual cycles, or we sometimes see people who are working on, on fertility issues, things like that. But, you know, ac yeah, acupuncture kind of excels at the chronic low-level uh, stuff, and it doesn't necessarily cure it, but it's a tool for people to help manage various conditions. And how about just kind of Chronic stress. I mean, listen, I'm a doctor. I have stress all the time for people. And we're coming out of the pandemic here. Is acupuncture good for managing just kind of chronic stress? People maybe in high powered jobs or stressful jobs, stressful situations. Or working three jobs. Yeah. People love <laughs> getting acupuncture for stress. Um, and we definitely see people regularly for that. And I mean, it's one of the best part of my jobs, honestly, is looking around in a room full of adults in reclining chairs, sleeping deeply. You know, it's like a nap time for adults. Sounds nice to me. I will admit I do, I do a lot of yoga, but I have not tried acupuncture yet, as I mentioned. Let me ask you this one question that I imagine a lot of people are thinking, as of course, we've all seen pictures or social media with acupuncture. You know, when you stick those needles in, do people feel it? Does it hurt? Are there times when it does hurt? There are times when it can be a little pinchy, but I always tell people if something's uncomfortable and, you know, it's distracting you from relaxing or, you know, if it really obviously hurts a lot, like, just let me know. We can always take it out or adjust it. But really, there's not a whole lot of sensation, um, maybe just a tiny pinch when it goes in. This might be helpful for people who've never had acupuncture to understand. So the needles are very, very, very thin. They're tiny compared to like even a small hypodermic needle, like 10 acupuncture needles would fit inside the smallest hypodermic needle. Hmm. And they're so thin and they're solid. They're not hollow. And they're so flexible that we often use something called a guide tube to insert them. And it's like a little plastic tube that you drop the needle into. And then when you're inserting the needle, you actually place the guide tube, which is also pretty small against the skin and you can press it a little. So that that desensitizes the, the, you know, the skin has sensors to feel things and that sort of distracts the sensors before you tap the needle in. And so, and it's very quick and, and the procedure itself takes only, you know, a couple of minutes. And then really the rest of the treatment is you chilling out in a reclining chair or on a massage table or whatever. And that's really a large mm -hmm. part of the treatment is that, that nap time. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, you're putting the little thin needles in areas of the skin that don't have a lot of nerve endings. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that incorrect? And, 
no, that's, I mean, the nerves, the, yeah, you're, try, you're definitely trying to avoid hitting blood vessels, because if you can see them, and there's sensation associated with getting acupuncture. Sometimes there's a little tingling or pressure or like a little tiny buzz, you know, and people will describe feeling sort of currents of energy moving in their bodies. And maybe that's the nerves, you know, talking to the acupuncture needle, but no, you're not sticking it in a nerve because that would hurt. And, and it actually would be really hard to pierce a nerve with an acupuncture needle because they're so thin mm -hmm. and tiny. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that should not get acupuncture? Is there anyone that you warn against getting it or is otherwise contraindicated? I mean, not really. I suppose someone who had a really, you know, a bleeding disorder would need to be cautious about getting acupuncture. You know, kids, people sometimes ask if kids can get acupuncture and they definitely can. I, I mean, I only treat children who consent to being treated, as I hope anyone else would also. Yep. That totally makes sense to me. And uh, let me ask you this. Do you have any success stories of people uh, in your practice that have gotten acupuncture and it's really uh, significantly improved their quality of life or uh, even fixed uh, or treated uh, one of their conditions? Any success stories that come to mind during your practice? I mean, I think the whole thing is a success story in that Prior to doing community acupuncture, you know, very few people could could access a hundred fifty dollar treatment, right? And acupuncture is a therapy, so it needs to be repeated in most instances, a handful of times, if not over time for months, to be effective. So I think it's a success story that on any given day, someone can basically schedule an appointment and get in and treat their migraine that's coming on, or treat their, you know heavy menstrual cramps that are happening. You know, yeah, I mean, I've been practicing for almost 20 years and, and the clinic literally sees thousands and thousands of treatments. I mean, there were years where we were providing, you know, 15,000 treatments a year. So there's tons of success stories. There's lots of people who say getting acupuncture has changed my life. I now can do X, Y, or Z, or I don't dread my monthly cycle. Or a lot of people attribute getting, you know, pregnant to getting acupuncture people who are managing their asthma and allergies more effectively. One woman who wanted to, I mean, I don't necessarily try to get people off their medications. That's between them and their doctors. But we definitely have people who have decreased all kinds of medication, whether for thyroid stuff, which is kind of surprising, honestly. Also like, you know, antidepressants and, you know, anti-acids, you know, things for people with uh, GERD and, and reflux and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how long is a typical session? And, and I think you sort of touch on this, but how, how often do people tend to go? Is this like an hour a week or for, you know, four or five weeks or what's sort of a typical course of acupuncture for a average person understanding that it may vary a little bit? Yeah. So if someone comes in and they've got an issue and it's sort of mildly to moderately affecting their lives or their pain is sort of, you know, low to medium on the pain scale. I would say, I would suggest coming in for, you know, maybe up to eight treatments one week apart. If someone comes in and they can't, you know, they're bent over, they can barely get out of bed, they had a hard time driving their car to get there uh, because they're in so much pain, I would say, you know, wow, try to get in here maybe another time this week. Try to get in here two, two times this week and maybe two times next week. Um, 
And then let's say someone who comes in and they've had an issue for decades and it's low level, but they just want to, they just want some relief from it. That person I might, um, I would suggest coming once a week. And I would say, you know, sort of as an initial stage, like give it, give it six weeks, give it 10 weeks. This is a problem that's been around for a long time. Let's see how your body reacts to acupuncture. But that's the kind of person where maybe they would come weekly or every other week. I, I do have people who have been coming for over a decade now and they come every week or they come every other week or they show up for a handful of visits every three months. When people can access this treatment and use it as they need to for their conditions that they are able to help manage their own conditions because they are actually the experts in their conditions. It works really, really well. Talk to us about how someone would access uh, acupuncture in general in the state of Rhode Island, whether it be at province community acupuncture or somewhere else, how would someone find and get access to acupuncture? Well, there are a couple of other community acupuncture clinics in Rhode Island as well. So that's, you know, just Googling community acupuncture and your, your town name or whatever will we'll definitely bring up search results. There's a clinic in Pawtucket. There's one in South County. I guess a lot of people use Google or Yelp, whatever, just to find providers in general. I would say the internet. <laughs> and I think that some of the Google reviews and Yelp reviews are helpful when people are looking for a provider. And, you know, I, I always tell people, if it's not a good fit, if you go to see somebody and it's not a good fit, there are there are plenty of practitioners out there. So, you know, maybe call and have a phone conversation first before you decide to make an appointment or check out their website. That should give you some good information about the practice and the feel of it. Well, thank you so much, Chris Montero. Our time is winding down here. Uh, it's been a very uh, informative discussion. Thank you so much for taking the time. Any final thoughts for our listeners on acupuncture? Anything that you want to add or end with? Yeah, I I mean I think there's there's one thing that I would like to say is that, you know, this is a very simple and effective treatment and it doesn't have to be expensive and there is a long history of it being provided for the community by the community and that's really how I see the future of this with uh, you know, with the 5NP and and also the uh, community acupuncture piece. So Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much again, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for taking the time to chat with us. And in closing, I want to thank Erica Collins, our executive producer, and Carol Stone, our technical director. I want to thank again our guest, Chris Montero, for sharing her experience in acupuncture. And I'm Dr. Philip Chan, signing off on behalf of the Rhode Island Department of Health. Thank you all and be well. <laughs>